Hello and welcome to St. Paul's United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Mike Agnew and it's great to have you listening to our sermons this way. If you don't have a church home and you're interested in learning more about St. Paul's, you can find us on our website at www.cherokeemethodist.com. Now today we are concluding our series of sermons looking at different spiritual habits that help us to grow in our faith and become more like Christ. This sermon is called An Intentional Commitment, and it is based on Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 to 16, and also Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. Now, the Apostle Paul is, was, I should say was, a great theologian and a great writer. He wrote most of what ended up being our New Testament. And I especially like the letter to the Philippians because he's so positive in it. You know, some of his letters, he's he has some pretty stressful things to deal with, and so he's not necessarily as joyful. But in this one, he's really positive, which is pretty impressive, considering the fact that he was in prison when he wrote the letter. And I like the section in Philippians 3 where he says that faith is like a race. He uses the metaphor of a race. Now, in, in our sermon series, we've been looking at different paths. And, and of course, on the podcast, you wouldn't notice this. But in church, on our PowerPoint slide for the sermon each week, we have a different picture of a path. And so, you know, whether we consider it to be walking or running, it doesn't really matter. But the point that I've been trying to get across is that faith is about movement or growth. Faith is not a status, but it is a journey. And we're all moving along the journey. So if we're all moving, then that implies that we are leaving certain things behind and straining towards what is ahead. Now, sometimes that can be disconcerting. You know, Cherokee, as many of you know, if you're listening from Cherokee, Cherokee has a great trail system. And many of the trails have beautiful views of nature and when you if you're going along the trail and you come to one of those pretty views you kind of want to stay for a little bit and enjoy the view and there's nothing wrong with that but eventually you got to keep going right i mean you can't stay there for forever otherwise you're not going to finish your journey you got to keep going that's how it is with faith sometimes there might be points along the way at which we just like to stop and spend the rest of our lives, but if we do, we, we won't continue to grow. We won't continue to make progress, so we got to keep going, right? So some things change and some things stay the same. So for instance, I believe in God. I believed in God when I was a kid. I will probably believe in God when I'm 80, Lord willing, if I make it that long. So some things don't change, but some things do. You know, for instance, there are certain nuances of what we believe in and certain ways that we think about things that will change. And for that matter, there are certain practices that will probably change because after all, our faith is about more than just belief. It's also about what we do. And we've been talking about seven spiritual habits that you can incorporate into your life. They include prayer and Bible study, small group participation and worship, service and witness, and financial generosity. 
And these are ways that help us along the path. They help us become like Christ. They help us to have lives centering on loving God and loving others, the two greatest commandments of Jesus Christ. And so we've talked about all seven of these. And so, you know, today we're wrapping it up. This is this Sunday is what we call Commitment Sunday. That's when we turn in pledge cards to communicate to the church how we plan to support the church financially in 2022. So many of you may have received a stewardship mailing. Now, you might not have received it, and, and if you didn't and you feel like you should have or you want a pledge card, you can certainly let us know. We do have extras in the back of the sanctuary, or we can send you one from the church office. Just let us know. Because two of the main ways, the greatest ways you can make a difference through your local church is by being involved in ministry and supporting it financially if you're able to. And so as we think about the pledge cards and things of that nature and whether or not you belong to our church, you might not be doing a pledge card. But nonetheless, I think that the lesson still applies, that we are called to be like Christ. And one of the ways that we're like Christ is by our spiritual habits including financial generosity. All right, so in our Commitment Sunday service, we are going to be saying a prayer for the pledge cards, but you can get them in before or after. But while we do that, I want to share with you what some of our missional priorities are as a congregation. We have developed in consultation with the Staff Parish Relations Committee, which is a committee that deals with any kinds of staff hiring, uh, reviews, conflict between staff or conflict between staff and congregation, setting compensation, anything having to do with staff, the Staff Parish Relations Committee deals with. And Working with the SPRC committee and also with our district superintendent, we created some missional priorities, or we could call them goals, for the current, technically it started in July, but especially for a large part of 2022, we're going to be working on these things. And these goals that we have come as a direct result of the congregational assessment survey that many in our congregation took back in March of 2021. So I want to share these with you briefly and explain them a little bit. So the first goal that we have is to increase our care for one another as members of this congregation, to increase pastoral care, emergency care, and in general, our connections with one another. And so there are a couple of ways that we're doing this. Uh, First of all, As your pastor, I routinely visit people in the hospital or in need of care for various reasons and life events that take place. But in addition to that, we also have a visitation team. We have a really awesome visitation team, and they are dedicated individuals who make sure that people who are in the nursing home and homebound are visited, that they are remembered by our church. And so Myself and the visitation team, we we stay in regular contact with these folks. In addition, in the new year, starting in January of 2022, we're going to start having a mailing that will go out to our homebound and nursing home residents weekly. And it's going to include a bulletin 
and a devotional reading and also some puzzles like a word search or a crossword puzzle with a religious theme. And, and basically, it's just another reminder that says that they matter. And if you're listening to this and that describes you, you're homebound or you're just not in church for whatever reason, you matter. You know, and even if you can't come to church, you're still a vital part of this congregation. And so we want to stay in contact with those who find it difficult to be with the body of Christ on Sunday mornings. And so these are some of the ways that we're looking to do that. In addition, we want to restart the Helping Hands Committee or team. We used to have this group. It's a group of people basically who help people with with different needs that they have in the community. So if you're interested in being part of that, please let me know. So that's the first goal is to increase care amongst our congregation. A second goal that we have is that we want to increase our visibility in the community. And so there are some simple things we can do, such as having a booth at different events in town, having parade uh, floats in our parades. These are things that we can do, but we do need help to get them done. So again, if you're interested in that, let me know. We also want to be visible in our community uh, through different things that are going on that we can create called bridge events. And we'll get to that in a little bit, a little later. But that's our second goal is to increase our visibility in the community to remind people that we are here because Many people, if they don't go to the Methodist Church, may not even know where our building is. And that's because even though obviously our building is huge, it's distinct and easy to find, nonetheless, that doesn't mean people know that we're a Methodist Church. And so we want to be visible in our community so people know that we exist. So the third missional goal or priority is that we want to connect with younger families and youth. And that's not to say that older families and older people are not important, because they certainly are. But we also want to make sure we're reaching out to young families and youth as well. There are a couple of ways that we can do this. The first one we've already been doing, you know, we relaunched our Sunday school, our teen time, our confirmation after being on hiatus for the past year, and that's helped immensely. In addition to that, we are creating a new ministry team in 2022 that is going to, it's called the Connections and Outreach Team, and they are folks who are going to be planning two kinds of events during the year. The first kind of event primarily is about connecting people in the church with one another, so kind of going back to that earlier priority of care and connection. So these would be special events like a hayrack ride or movie nights, things like that, that are mainly meant to help foster foster relationships with people in the church. Also a great opportunity to help foster relationships with new people who are visiting our church. But then the other kind of event that they're going to schedule is called a bridge event. And we call them bridge events because they are meant to bridge the gap between churched people and unchurched people. I'm not talking about people who belong to other denominations. I'm talking about people who don't go to church, period. How do we reach out to them, especially if we don't have much of a relationship with them? Well, bridge events are meant to connect us with people outside of the church. 
So these, these can be things like marriage seminars, parenting classes, cookouts, things of that nature that are specifically geared towards reaching out to people who are not a part of our church. Generally, bridge events are pee-free zones, right? No peas. That means, in other words, no pressure, no preaching, and no purse, right? So there's no preaching, so I can't do what I'm doing right now, right? I'm not going to preach. Secondly, there's no pressure, so we're not going to be asking people to join the choir or be a part of a committee or even necessarily invite them to worship. You know, there's no pressure, no strings attached, in other words. And third, there's no purse. Everything's free. It doesn't cost anything. So fundraisers are not bridge events, even though sometimes they may bring people into the church from outside. We're bringing them in to receive money, right? So that's not a bad thing. I mean, fundraisers have their purpose, but they're not bridge events. Bridge events do not ask people to give money. And so... so Bridge events also are not necessarily held in the church building. They can be, but they can also be held in the community so that there's less of a hindrance if people, you know, oftentimes if there's an event, even if it's geared towards outsiders, if they hear it's at a the Methodist church, they might think, oh, well, that's a Methodist thing. I'm not Methodist. And so there's much less of a hurdle to attend something if it's just in the community. All right, so... We want to increase our care in our congregation. We want to reach out to young families and youth, and we want to be more visible in the community. Another goal that we have is we want to increase the financial health of our church. We all know that this has been a rough year and a half. It's been hard, especially with the church being closed for much of the year. I know that there are reasons for that, but it makes it hard. And so some of our financial health has already improved since we've opened up and started ministries up again. But, you know, when it comes to the financial health of the church, my philosophy is that begging for money all the time is not going to help improve the financial situation of the church. Oftentimes, when an organization is begging for money, and telling people about how bad things are. It actually doesn't motivate people to give generally. I mean, it depends on the age of the person. You know, different generations are motivated by different things. But for a lot of people, they don't want to give to what they consider to be a sinking ship. And so I don't think that begging for money is necessarily the best way to improve the financial health of the congregation. Yeah, I think that the best way is to actually do ministry you know, to live out our mission of making disciples, to make change people's lives for the better, to change our community for the better. And you know what? In addition to doing those things, we also need to tell the story, right? We need to tell people about how we're changing lives. We need to share those stories. Think about it. How does St. Luke's Children's Hospital ask for money? Well, usually they have a 30-minute infomercial in which they tell they take a whole half hour or maybe an hour to tell the story of one person whose life was changed by their hospital. Right? That's all it is. And in the church, just like in the hospital, we change many people's lives. But we want to tell the story. Because here's the thing. 
and you know this is true, during this time of year in particular, you get all kinds of nonprofits asking you for money. And you want to know that the money that you're giving is going to make a difference, right? That's only natural. And so I think that if we continue to do what we are called to do, if we change people's lives and we tell the stories, I think our financial situation will continue to improve. You know, our finance committee has made a pretty lofty goal. In recent years, we have not been able to pay all of our apportionments. Now, for those who may not be aware, apportionments refers to a certain amount of money that's been apportioned or assigned to each local United Methodist church. And this money has been assigned for us to pay to the higher denomination, and that helps support the ministries of our connectional church. It helps with many ministries and missions that we would not be able to support on our own, but we can together. And we used to pay all of them, but in in the last several years, we have struggled with that. And so the Finance Committee has made the lofty goal of seeing if we can pay 75% of our apportionments in 2022. We don't know if it'll work or not, right? It's a lofty goal. But here's the thing. I think it's important for us as churches to make goals that are meant to be lofty, goals that are big enough to fail. Because guess what? Failure is not the end of the world. It's really not. I I think failure gets a bad rap. I mean, did you know that when we fail at something, our brains grow more than when we succeed at something? It's true. It's true, believe it or not. We learn from our mistakes more than we do from our successes. So failure is not so bad. Do you know what happens when a church fails? When, When they try something and they fail? You know what they should do? Oftentimes they're embarrassed or they feel bad, but really what they should do is celebrate the fact that they were willing to risk something, to set a goal that was big enough to fail. And then they can learn from that failure. And so failure really isn't that big of a deal. And I think it's important that we as churches, and including our own church, that we make goals that are big enough that we could fail. Because if we never fail at anything, that means we're not really trying to do that much, right? What can we do that's a God-sized dream, right? So so anyway, the Finance Committee has made that goal, 75% of apportionments. We'll see if it happens. We certainly can strive for it. But anyway, so we want to increase our care for one another. We want to be visible in the community. We want to reach out to young families and youth. We want to have our financial health improved. And then finally, the last one, the fifth one, is that we want to create a discipleship pathway. Now, you might be saying, well, Mike, what's that? Well, a discipleship pathway is just basically what we've been talking about the last several weeks. It's like a roadmap that gives us next steps to grow in our faith wherever we're at on the journey. You know, so instead of, you know, just hoping that people join the church— When we have visitors, we may send documentation that tells them how it is that they can join the church if they want to. When somebody joins the church, what's next? Well, a discipleship pathway would give them next steps for ideas to grow in their faith. And same for longtime church members. What what are the next steps 
That's what a discipleship pathway can help us to do. Now, we used to have a discipleship pathway several years ago. I don't think it was called that, but it was there. It was in the bulletins and such. And so we don't have to start from scratch. But in this next calendar year, we are going to be working with the leadership of the church to look at what it is that we have, to see what we need to do to make any changes for the current time, and then to get it in place. So those are our goals. I think that they're good ones. I, th- I think, I, you know, I'm excited about the ministry of the church. I'm excited about what we've already accomplished, and I'm excited what we're going to accomplish in the year ahead. You know, there are a lot of ways that you can support the work of God, but the two greatest ways that you can support the work of God is through your participation in the ministries of the church and your financial support of the church, if you're able to. Because let me tell you something. You know, I talked some about how we change lives through the church last week, but we definitely are changing lives through the church. And so I want to encourage you, you know, whether or not you're filling out a pledge card, to think about how it is that you can be intentional in your faith and in your giving. I know that we're all in different places along the journey. It could be that maybe you've never really thought about what it means to take your faith intentionally and to grow intentionally. Maybe you've never even really thought about how much you give to the church and you're thinking for the first time about what it means to give intentionally. Or maybe you are thinking about getting involved in a ministry of the church for the first time. Or maybe you are seeking to grow in your faith through small groups for the first time. Or maybe you've been doing all of these things for years and you're wondering what your next steps are. Or maybe you used to do a lot of these things, but right now in your current season of life, things are more limited and you're not able to do as much as you used to do. What does it mean? What are the next steps? We're all at different places along the journey. And part of the church's mission is to be intentional about helping you grow in your faith. Because it's hypocritical for me to say that you need to be intentional about your faith if the church isn't going to be intentional in helping you to grow in your faith. And so that's what we're called to do, and that's what we're going to be focusing on in this new year. And so as I conclude this sermon, in fact, as I conclude the whole sermon series, as many of you are thinking about returning pledge cards, or maybe you already have, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for the ways that you support the ministries of the church in the ways that you can. And I look forward to working together with you in unity as we make a difference in our community and in our world. Amen. God bless and have a great week.